Hello, and welcome to True to the Bible podcast with Hunter Davis. And thanks for joining us for this week's lesson, which is over biblical dating. In today's lesson, we'll see the purpose, the process, and the person that we should be dating. And we're going to be using the Word of God and the truth of God's Word to dive into that. I hope you enjoy this lesson. Again, thanks for joining us. Turn in your Bibles. We're going to look at three different passages, okay? So turn your Bibles first to Genesis chapter 2. Okay, Genesis chapter 2, if you want to write down uh, the other ones or whatever you can or put your, your finger in them. But we're going to start in Genesis 2, then we're going to go to Song of Solomon 2. Okay, then we're going to go to Ephesians chapter 5. Okay, so Genesis 2, Song of Solomon chapter 2, and then Ephesians chapter 5 today. Um, we're going to be talking about biblical dating, okay? Biblical dating, and our goal here uh, is that we would know what the Bible says about dating, uh, that we'd be pure in dating. Um, we just understand understand it a little bit better, okay? So um, I'm going to read chapter 2. I'm going to read verse 24. Go ahead and read that. Uh, then we'll kind of get a little intro of background to dating, and then we'll, uh, we'll dive into it, okay? So Chapter 2 of Genesis, verse 24, says, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother, and shall be joined to his wife, and thus shall become one flesh. Okay, let's pray really quick, and then we'll start. Dear God, I just come before you and thank you for the day you've given to us. Um, I just pray that as we uh, get going here, that it be your words and not mine, and you help us understand a little bit better about um, dating as we go through this, God, and just what the Bible has to say about it, God. We love you, and we pray all this through Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so um, dating is one of those weird things, okay, because it's, it's not, like, in the Bible. And what I mean by that, it's not like you can go to the Bible, like, Genesis 1-1, and it says, you know, date this kind of person, okay? And so it's, it's a little bit weird, but the Bible has a lot to say about it in the fact that the Bible is truth, okay, and the Bible is wisdom. And so there are things that uh, we can look at and we can say, hey, if I want to date, then, you know, here's where I can go to learn truth you know, from God's Word. And so um, I think it's important for all of us to look at, maybe not me and Lori quite as much, hopefully, right? But uh, for all you guys, you guys are probably going to be dating someone at some point in the next 10 years, okay? Probably. Some of you, probably not. But for most of you, you probably will, okay? It's okay. You know, it's okay if not. You know, uh, so <clears throat> I a little a little bit of background on dating. So dating was actually introduced or came about in like the 1830s, okay, the Victorian era. Um, if you guys know what that is, Britain was getting wealthier, and they're, they're just really the whole world um, was getting wealthier in, a, in an aspect, in a way, um, and there's like industrial revolution during that time, and so actually what happened was people started having more freedom, they started having more leisure time, and so they started dating, and they started dating, and that's actually where dating comes from, and so it makes sense that, and it, you know, Paul doesn't say, hey, date in this way, right? Um, even though, uh, like I said, the Bible talks a lot about it in some ways. It doesn't specifically mention it like that. Um, before that, it was actually, uh, before the 1830s and stuff, they, they didn't really date, okay? They didn't really date. They didn't court. Courting, dating, same thing. That's when courting and dating came, okay? It really started with courting, right, and then kind of evolved into dating, um, but before like 1830, it, it didn't really happen a lot. Um, there, there's a lot more arranged marriages. Not all marriages were arranged marriages before that. Okay, and and side note, uh, just because a, a, a marriage was arranged didn't mean that neither of the married people had a choice. A lot of times, actually, they did, even in an arranged marriage. But 
when you think about the, uh, the logic of it, because they didn't have time and freedom and leisure, their parents would be like, hey, these two are good suited, okay? And since they were a lot more focused on survival and providing, you know, parents would be like, hey, this guy and this girl, they, you know, they will actually work. We will, he will help provide for my daughter, and they would arrange a marriage in that way. Uh, again, that doesn't mean that, you know, they didn't have any choice in it, okay? There were times when that happened. That would be more um, like kings and princes and stuff like that. They would have, like, arranged marriages, and they, they might not have a choice, and those were, like, political moves and stuff like that. Uh, but on, as a whole, you know, um, uh, I think they had a lot of choice in that, even though they bent to their father's will, uh, both male and female. Okay, but that's kind of where dating dating came from. It's um, it's kind of a, a new thing, okay, if you will. It's not really because it's from like the 1800s, but it's kind of a new thing, right? And so what we're going to do tonight is we're going to look at dirt dating. We're going to look at three things about dating. We're going to look at the purpose of dating, uh, the process of dating, and the person that you want to date. Okay, and we're going to go briefly, very briefly through all of this. Okay, it's, this is not an in-depth. Uh, but if you have any questions out of this, okay, after this, or you want to dig more into it, you guys come talk to me, or Lori is a very good resource, or Haley is a good resource. Um, we've all dated, and we've all got married, so it worked out for us, right? And so um, the first thing we're going to look at, though, it's the purpose of dating. Okay, this is a Genesis 2.24 is where I go for this. So look at it again. It says, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and shall be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. So the first thing we look at is the purpose. What's the purpose of dating? Okay, what's the purpose of dating? Well, back in the day, okay, in the 1830s, right, dating, the purpose of dating was, hey, we have more freedom, we have more time, so we can actually look around and decide who we want to marry, right? Okay, so instead of my dad and mom saying, hey, you get to marry this person, you could be like, well, I'm going to look around, I'm going to date somebody to see if I want to marry them, and then I'll marry them. Instead of before that, they didn't have really time to do that or freedom to do that. Okay, and in here, and I know this is talking about marriage. Okay, I know this is talking about marriage, but in a way, it's talking a little bit about before marriage because they're coming together. Um, the purpose of dating should be marriage, and really, in marriage, we're talking about unity. Look at it again. He says, "The man shall leave his father and mother, and they, the two shall be, or he shall join his wife, and the two shall become one flesh." So really, it's un, it's about unity. Okay, and you guys probably have heard this before, but, you know, marriage is about unity. Okay, it's about unity. And so when you're dating, okay, the purpose of dating, when you look at it, okay, it's going to be to ultimately be unified with one person in marriage. Okay, that's what it is. Okay, and um, I will, I'll throw this out. This is kind of a side note. You can study it on your own. But Luke uh, 12, 48, um, when it talks about um, to whom much is given, much will be required. Okay, think about that in this context. Okay, beforehand, if your father and mother arranged your marriage for you, you had less um, given, right? So you might have less to be required of. But now, in this day and age, you have you guys have the choice to marry somebody. I mean, really. I mean, you guys get to choose your spouse, essentially. I mean, you guys have that much freedom and that much choice in the matter. And it's a very important, it's a very important choice. Okay, it's a very important thing. And um, so just be thinking about that. That's a, that's kind of a side note. But the purpose in dating, Genesis 2:24. Okay, it's to become unified with one in marriage. Okay, it's that you would find that unity in marriage. The purpose of dating is so that when I go out and like, I'm like, hey, I'm I'm dating this person or that person. I'm getting to know them. 
okay, on a spiritual level, on an intellectual level, you know, I'm getting to know this person so that I know that I will and can be unified with this person for the rest of my life, okay? That's, that's a good purpose in dating, okay? Our world doesn't look at dating like that at all, okay? Our dating is, uh, according to our world, it's just for fun or it's for romance or it's for things like that. It's not right. I don't, I don't believe that's biblical in any way. Um, I think that dating is ultimately to be unified um, with your husband or your wife eventually. Okay, and so that should be the purpose of dating. Okay, and a lot of you guys out there, okay, you're not dating yet, which is good, okay? But you need to know this, understand this, and be ready for this, okay, when it does come. Okay, you need, you need to, because if you go into it and you say, hey, I don't, I have no idea what the purpose of dating is, and then you just start dating, okay, you're obviously not going to have a, a goal, a mission, okay, you're not going to be ready. Okay, so, um, you know, dating, uh, it's, it's romantic, right, and it leads to like sexual stuff, right? I mean, eventually, and that's good, right? Because you're dating to marry somebody, right? As long as the sexual stuff is after marriage, right? So, that in mind, you don't ever want to date anybody that you're not going to marry, okay? Now, I'm not saying you can't date and then you figure out something about somebody and break up with them. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is your purpose should be very driven. Your purpose should be Hey, I want to be unified with this person. I want to leave my father and mother and be unified with this person forever. Okay, and because dating is naturally and uh, naturally romantic and leads to that, we want to make sure that we're dating only people that we would marry. Does that make sense to you guys? So my dad always used to tell me another another good question. This is side note too, kind of. This is this is why it's going to be longer than ten minutes because I keep going on side notes. But uh, my dad used to whenever I, I want to date. So when I was like 14 to 16, I really liked girls. Okay? Um, and so I'd be like, Dad, I want to I date this girl. And my dad was so good. Anytime I, anytime I went to him and asked him about anything, he'd just be like, why? Okay, so at 14 years old, you know, I'm like, I want to date this person, why? I mean, I didn't, have, I didn't have a good reason. I didn't have a good reason to date at 14. And then he'd be like, are you ready to get married tomorrow? I'm like, I'm 14. He's like, yeah, exactly. Okay, and so my dad was very good at, at pushing me to get me to the point where to know, hey, you need to have a purpose in dating. It's not just to, it's not just to have fun. It's not to just, try, just to try and be romantic with somebody. It's not just so you don't feel bad on Valentine's Day. Okay? It's not, that's not the purpose of dating. The purpose of dating is ultimately unity, which is marriage, and we should only be in marriage, um, especially as far as you're talking about sexual and stuff like that. So that's the purpose, okay? That's very brief, I know. I'm sorry, but we're going to move on. Okay, Song of Solomon, chapter 2. Turn over to Song of Solomon, chapter 2. I love Song of Solomon, okay? Um, this is a process. I'm going to keep this really short, too, and then we're going to go a little bit more in depth in the Ephesians part of it because I really <coughs> like that. Um, but Song of Solomon, if you guys haven't ever read it, it's a really interesting book. It's really crazy, kind of. Sometimes when you're reading through it, you're like, whoa, that's in the Bible and stuff like that. But... It's really cool because really it's broken up into three sections. The first is Solomon and, and the shoe of my girl, right? That's who, that's who it's talking about. It's them before marriage, and then it's them at and during marriage, and then it's them after marriage. And really, you can see how we are supposed to be pure before marriage, pure during marriage, and pure after marriage. It's really cool. It's a really cool book to study um, if you ever want to study it. But we're talking about the process here. We're looking at 2-7, which, which is in the section of um, before marriage, <clears throat> before Solomon and the shoe of my girl get married. 
as far as the flow goes. So let's look at it. Uh, Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 7. It says, I adjure you, O daughters of Jerusalem, by the gazelles and by the hinds, which are deer of the field, that you do not arouse or awaken my love until she pleases. Okay, this is said, this verse 7 is actually said several times um, throughout Song of Solomon. What does it mean? What is it saying? It's saying, okay, when it says, don't arouse or awaken my love until she pleases, it's saying don't be sexual before marriage. Okay, if you want it very bluntly, it's saying, hey, don't be sexual before marriage. Any kind of sexual stuff before marriage, okay, it's impure. It's what Paul in like Galatians would call sexual immorality, okay, or, or something like that, depending on your translation. Okay, we don't want the, what, what the Shulamite girl here is saying, which I think it's a Shulamite girl talking, could be either one, but it doesn't matter which one it is. What they're saying is, I do not want to be sexual before marriage. That's mean I want to stay pure before marriage. Okay, so when we're talking about dating, Specifically, the process of dating should be pure. Okay, and I know you guys all know this, but it's always a good reminder, and it's always good for us to have this on our mind, especially for you guys at your age, because you're getting ready to start dating. Okay, but you need to be pure, and you need to be determined in your mind beforehand to be pure in your relationship um, when you're dating. Okay, does that make sense to you guys? Okay, so some ways that we can do this practically, okay, because it's always good to be practical. And like I said, I'm not going to spend very much time on this, but some ways you can do this uh, to be practical is to, before you ever start dating, okay, or if you're already dating, you can do it now, uh, but write down do's and don'ts. Okay, make a list and make it like specific. I mean, very, very, very specific of things you will and you will not do. Okay, because when you get, <clears throat> when you start having temptation when you're dating, okay, temptation to be sexual in ways that you shouldn't be, I mean, I'll tell you from experience, it's hard. Temptation's hard. And you're going you're gonna to probably go up to the, the very line of your standards. Okay, so you need, to, you need to have those standards set, have them written out, have somebody ready to hold you accountable for those standards, and be like, hey, these are what, what I'm not going to do. This is what I'm going to do. These things, I think, these things are sexual. They shouldn't be done before marriage. These things aren't. Okay, this is what I can. This is what I can't do. And be specific about it. Be ready. Um ready, okay, because it's hard, temptation is hard, we're going to look, um, when we split off into our small groups, Jeremiah and Molly, uh, we're going to go through and we're going to talk about Joseph, okay, because he was tempted sexually, okay, by Potiphar's wife, okay, he was, and so we're going to talk a little bit about kind of this section in our small groups, uh, the temptation when dating, <clears throat> or even maybe when you're not dating, but we're going to talk about that, but it's really, really hard. So you guys need to be prepared, be predetermined, okay? And that's what, <clears throat> if you look at verse 7 here, okay, she says this, I think four times uh, throughout the first, like, five chapters. But anyway, she says, when she says this, when she says not awaken or arouse my love until it pleases, okay, <clears throat> she has this planned out, okay? She, she's not just saying this because she's just now getting tempted and, like, Oh, I'm getting tempted. I need to make sure that I do right. No, she, she had this planned out. Okay, or at least I think that. At least that when, when I'm reading it, when I'm studying it, it's like, no, she's, she's got it planned out. She's got it in her mind that, hey, I'm not going to rouse or awaken love until it pleases. I'm not going to be, I'm going to be pure. I'm going to be pure in dating. She's ready. She's got it in her mind. Okay, and I'll say this too. Um, girls and guys, you guys need to, if you are dating somebody, you need to help that person. Be pure, okay? It it takes a team, okay? Because it's a hard temptation a lot of times, 
Okay, it is. And there's a lot of a lot of kids that get in trouble with this, with staying pure. They don't stay pure. Okay, and it's hard. And so if it's hard, you guys can help hold each other accountable, and each of you can have somebody else that holds you accountable. Okay, and and you guys need to help each other as you're doing. And also, if you have somebody that you're wanting to date, uh, this goes back to the process a little bit. But if you have somebody that you want to date and they don't want to stay pure, you probably shouldn't be dating them. Okay, because they're not going to be the person that we're, we're going to talk about in just a second in Ephesians five. But if you have somebody and they don't want to stay pure in a dating relationship, I mean that's a that's a red flag right there. I mean I would be if I was your dad. Okay, I don't know what Lori would say, but if I was your dad, I'd be like, stop dating them. Okay, it's not right. That's not that's not where you want them to be. Okay, so the the purpose of dating, ultimately unity in marriage, and the process should be pure. Okay, the process should be pure, which means no sexual stuff okay, before marriage. Turn to Ephesians chapter 5. Okay, we're going to spend some time here. Not as much time as I'd like to spend, but for those of you who are at senior camp, we talked about this a lot. Okay, Jillian, she, uh, she went through five aspects. Did, did, I'm still going you're still going through it? Okay, she went through five. Some of that stuff is in here. Uh, or I mean, Ephesians 5 is some of that stuff, you know, that you're talking about five aspects. When we're talking about the, the uh, wife's role, she could probably teach this better than I could. Jillian probably could, but I'll, I'll do my best. Okay. Also, <clears throat> as we talk about this, give me a little bit of grace. I understand the man's role a lot better than I understand the woman's role okay, because I'm a man. Okay. So I don't understand the wife's role quite as well. So if you have any more questions about this, you can go talk to Lori in your small group about this. Okay. Or if I say something wrong, Lori can correct me when you guys go in there. Uh, but we're going to talk about both roles. Ephesians chapter 5, look at verse 22. We'll run through 28, and I'll try and keep this really quick. It says, Wives, be subject also to your husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is also the head of the church, he himself being the Savior of the body. But as the church is subject to Christ, so also wives ought to be to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her so that he might uh, sanctify her, having cleansed her by washing of water in the word, that he might present himself to the church in all her glory, having no spot or wrinkle or such thing, but that she would be holy and blameless. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies, and he who loves his own wife loves himself. Ephesians 5 is a great passage when you're talking about dating, because when you're dating, you're looking for that person to marry, right? Well, here's the person you should marry. Okay, this is, these are the roles of husband and wife. Okay, and when we look at this, um, we see, there's a lot of good stuff. We're, we're just not going to be able to get into all of it, but there's a lot of good stuff. Okay, but we're going to go over uh, wives first, then husbands. I will make a note. Um, if you're dating somebody and they're not a believer, they haven't put their faith in Jesus Christ for eternal life, out. Right, they're not going to be this person if they're not, if they haven't put their faith in Jesus Christ for eternal life. Right, so I'm... I'm, that's a given in my mind as we're going here, okay? So, but with that in mind, okay, let's look at the wife. Let's look at her role, and then um, we'll look at the husband. We'll look at his role, uh, and we'll see the two. So the wife, the wife's role, we're going to go over the wife first because it talks about her first. It's in verse 22. It says, Wives, be subject to your own husbands as to the Lord. The husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is also the head of the church. He himself is being the Savior of the body. But the church ought to be, or sorry, but the church is subject to Christ, so also wives ought to be to their husbands and in, in, um, in everything. So what's the role of the wife? Okay, that word to be subject, okay, could also be to submit. Okay, I know it's 
a word that nobody likes, but it could be the word submit. Um, the root, also nobody likes saying this, but the root actually comes from obey. Okay, obey, and I know it's not the same as like children obey your parents and the Lord. It's not the same word as that obey. Okay, but it does have a root in that. Okay, to submit to somebody. Basically, this role is to help and to complete. Okay, and you can do that by submitting. Everybody has to submit. Okay, not just wives, but the wife submits to the husband because he's the head of uh, the relationship. Okay, and by doing this, you help and you complete the husband. Okay, this is done by the church. Okay, the church helps and completes Christ. Okay, think about it. Christ died, and he rose again, and he offers eternal life. Then what does the church do? They're the ambassadors. They go out and proclaim the message. Okay, and I know Christ's work is complete. Okay, but in a way, they're completing his mission. Okay, they're completing his mission. Okay, we as the body, we complete Christ's mission. Okay, without us, the word isn't going out. Okay, without us, the word isn't going out. And so we're completing Christ's mission in that way. If you look at it, it says, uh, For he is the husband, is the head of the wife. Christ is also the head of the church, he himself being the head of your body. But as the church is subject to Christ, so also wives be subject uh, to their husbands. Okay, so when you're talking about this, we need to be, or wives need to be subject or submit to their husbands the same way the church does that. Okay, the first way is by completing. Okay, the church completes Christ's mission. Okay, the wife, part of her role is completing her husband. Okay, part of the wife's role is completing her husband. Um, I'll, I'll leave most of this to, to Lori and to the ladies to talk about it, but really, without the wife, okay, the husband really can't do much of anything. Okay, it's true. Okay, and that's what, that's what you do by completing and, and helping as well. Okay, helping as well. Um, without, you know, without the, the wife, the, the husband's lost. Um, the wives have to submit, uh, or sorry, have to complete them. They have to submit. Okay, and when you think of submitting, don't think of a bad term. Okay, I, our culture's made it out to be a bad term. Like, like you never have freedom, or you never have value. Value, yes, thank you. But it's it's not. Think about it. Think about the illustration that he gives. It's Christ in the church. Okay, it's Christ in the church. Okay, if the wife is the church. How much glory is that? It's insane. Okay, it's the most valuable piece. It's, I mean, it's, it's, you, when you're looking at the world, the world has the church. The church is here. We're, the church is completing. The church has a mission. The church is the one doing work. And that's what the wife is, too. Okay, so we can't let the world tell us that submitting means you don't have value, you don't have freedom. Does the church have freedom? Yeah. We're called to freedom according to Paul. Okay, we do have freedom. Okay, do we have um, ability? Do we have gifts, talents, and abilities? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, do we... The church is special. Okay, the church is very special. Okay, and it's, and it's key. And wives are key in the, in the marriage relationship. Okay, they are. Guys, I know our pride sometimes you might want to say wives aren't. But when you're dating a wife, or when you're dating somebody to become your wife, okay? Don't date someone else's wife. Don't date someone else's wife. But when you're dating, when you're dating, okay, to get married, okay, you need to be looking for that somebody. You need to be looking for that wife who can complete you, who can help you, okay? Haley is so good at this, okay? I wish I could, I wish I could really describe it better, okay? But I'm, I just, I'm just not good at it. But Haley is so good at it. I'll tell you, she's, 
She's one of the most humble people I know. Okay? She encourages me and lifts me up. I can't do what I do without her. I really can't. Okay? I, I just can't. And that person in my life, that, that wife, without her, I'm nothing. Okay? And I know the illustration doesn't match completely. Okay? Because Christ is something without the church. Okay? But... Think about the mission, the ambassador part of it, okay? That mission is nothing without the church, right? Is Jesus on the earth right now speaking the gospel? Who's doing that? The church. Okay, the mission the mission is gone without. And without Haley, I'm done. I'm toast. Okay, this is a quote actually by the Five Aspects lady, okay? It says, because you are a woman, you have the built-in potential to understand and help other people. Okay, that's the helper part. Okay, you have the insight into their needs and goals and characters. And you have a special ability to help them in their work and complete them as people. You will find using training, using and training these gifts very satisfying because they're basic to who you are as a woman. Okay, all that is true. All that is true. And guys, we can't do that. Okay, we don't have that innate ability. Okay, men don't have the innate ability to help and complete people. We don't. Okay, and I see that in mine and Haley's life all the time. Okay, and so, men, make sure you're looking for a wife who can help and complete you. Ladies, be that helper and completer. Because if not, your marriage is going to be toast. Like, you, you have to be that. You, you have to be that. Okay, men need you to be that. They do. Okay, the husband. Okay, we're going to talk about the husband. I like this a little better. I can stop sweating because I, I understand it a little bit better. Look at um, <clears throat> verse 25. It says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Okay, so there's, there's another analogy here. Christ loved the church. You're to love your, uh, love your wife in that way. Verse 26, So that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by washing of water in the word, that he might present himself the church in all her glory, having no spot or wrinkle or such thing, but she would be holy and blameless. So husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. He who loves his own wife loves himself. Okay, there's two things really that I want to point out that Christ does and that husband should do. And I think that's providing and protecting. Okay, providing and protecting. Let's talk about what Christ did for the church. How, what did he provide? He provided eternal life. Okay, he obviously don't provide eternal life for our wives. Okay, but we provide. We are supposed to provide. Christ provides physically as well. Does he not? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. He provides physically. He and um, he also protects. Okay, He protects him spiritually, emotionally, physically. He protects the church. He's protecting the church right now. Gates of hell will not prevail. Why? Because Christ is protecting the church spiritually. Okay, He protects the church. Uh, he protects us physically. When we think about, I like always think about David, Okay, because he always says, God's my rock and my fortress. Right? He is. Um, and Jesus provides and protects uh, the church. Okay, he provides the way, he provides salvation, but he provides, provides so many more things than that, and he protects as well. Uh, and men, as men, we must be willing to do that too. And the key here, um, if you look at verse 28, husbands also ought to love their own wives as their own body. Okay, um, And then also at the end of verse 25, where it says, Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her. You have to be willing to provide and protect for your wife to the point where you can give up all of you. Okay, All of you. Okay, you should be willing to sacrifice everything. What did Jesus sacrifice for the church? His life. His life. Everything. 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 Right? He, he gave up everything. He gave up fellowship with God. 
in order to provide and protect the church. Okay, and that's what men are to do for their wives. A lot of people think because you're sub- like the submitting word is for the wife, that they're the ones to serve and to give up their life to help the husband. But it's the exact opposite. Yes, they are to help. Wives are to help. Okay, but the husband is the one that has to give up everything. Okay, he is. My my goal in my marriage is to give up. It's not to give up everything. But my, my goal is to protect and provide for my family, physically, spiritually, and emotionally. It doesn't matter what I have to do to do it. That's my job. Okay, so ladies, when you're dating, you're looking for a guy who's willing to provide and protect for you, just like Christ did, and willing to give up everything for that. Okay, because Christ gave up everything for the church. Okay, that's the example we have. Like, as men, we literally have the example of Jesus Christ dying for the church. We are to do that for our wives. As, as, as husbands, okay? It's hard, okay? It's hard. Um, another good, I'm just, you can just write this down if you want to, but another good verse for provision, 1 Timothy 5.8, for uh, men to provide for their households. Uh, but we have to provide, protect. Um, that's, what we, that's what we want to do. So I'm going to wrap it up here because we're way over. Um, I do have one example really quick, okay? Um, an example of marriage, I think marriage is like a chicken, okay? I know that sounds really funny. But I think marriage is like a chicken. Okay, and I, I, told, I said this at camp, so you guys might remember it. But marriage is like a chicken because have you guys ever have you guys ever cut off the head of a chicken? Anybody? Not personally. Have you ever like well anyway. I do it all the time. Okay, Sky does it all the time. Okay, so he knows what I'm talking about. But when you cut off the head of a chicken, because okay, you cut off the head of a chicken like if you're gonna eat it, right? So like it's not like we're not just cutting a chicken's head off. Right, but so the, the marriage is like a chicken, okay? When you cut the when you cut the head off, okay? When you cut the head off, that's when a marriage is not doing good, okay? Because what happens when you cut the head off? It it does die, okay? But the body runs around like a crazy thing, and the head just lays there, okay? Yeah, yeah. The 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 chicken will just run and run and run. The head just lays there, okay? Now here, li- listen up, listen, because this is important, okay? And it's true, and I've seen it in a ton of marriages. Okay, I've seen this in a ton of marriages. When the wife tries to take the husband's role and the husband tries to take the, right, the wife's role, the husband is like the head that literally just lays on the ground and does nothing. And the wife is like the body that runs around crazy and doesn't know what she's doing. I'm, I'm serious. Okay, I've seen it in marriages where, where a husband and a father does nothing, just sitting on the ground like a head, the head of a chicken that got cut off because he's trying to fulfill the woman's role, the wife's role. And then a wife is trying to fulfill the husband's role. And it's like a chicken running around like crazy because she's trying to do that role. Okay? We have a specific role from God that we are to fulfill. So we need to do that. Okay? When dating, okay, none of you guys are married yet, except Lori. Okay? But none of you guys are married yet. So when dating, you need to keep this in mind. You need to look for that person. Okay? If you marry somebody and they are not going to fulfill the role, okay, that God has for them, I mean, you don't want to marry that person, right? You don't. And so um, we, can, we can talk a long time on this. We're not going to. So ladies, you can talk to Lori about it, or Haley, you guys can talk to me about it. Uh, but what, what's the whole point of this? Okay, dating, dating can be confusing. Most people date for the wrong reasons, period. End of story. Our culture dates for the wrong reasons. Okay, they date for romantic stuff. They date for sexual stuff. It's wrong, okay? As Christians, the Bible gives us truth 
about dating, um, so we should do it the right way. Okay, there's a process, there's a purpose, there's a process, and there's a person that we need to be dating. And we should be looking at all three. Okay, purpose, marriage in mind, unity. Leave your father and mother, cling to each other. Okay, that's the purpose, the purpose. The process, pure. The process should be pure. Okay, there's tons of Bible stuff. There's tons of places you can go to the Bible for that. Okay, we looked at one verse. There's tons of stuff in the Bible about that. And the right person, ultimately, I just said godly. It's godly because one who's willing to look at the Bible, willing to fulfill a rule, willing to obey Christ, willing to follow Christ. Like that's how, somebody that we should be looking for. Thanks for joining us for True to the Bible with Hunter Davis. We hope that you enjoyed this lesson. Remember, if you did enjoy it and you want to hear any of the other lessons, subscribe to our podcast. And then also, if you have any questions, make sure and contact us at hunter.davis at stillwaterbible.org. Thanks again for listening.